Today on the show, the Vatican goes, the Vatican Library goes online. Is the Mass biblical? Forgiveness is actually necessary. Our picks of the week and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts now. It is time for the CU Weekly, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. This is episode 373, and you may be wondering, what the heck? (laughs) Well, guess what, people? I'm taking over. Yeah. I'm Kathleen Lee, and joining me this week is our good shepherd, Father Chris Decker. Yes, he is still here. Don't worry. I know you may have been concerned. Pass the staff along. Yes. That's right. Today, we're trying it out. We also have Olivia Galino, Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Hello, What's Olivia. Up? It's good to see you from like now. I can actually see your face. I know, you can actually face. see me. And it's not just like usually throwing me shade or something. Yeah, yeah, usually you're on the side of me and I'm... This is weird, I have to say. It like is. I'm looking <laughs> side <laughs> to side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Up in space still. He's still up there. <laughs> is our dear Jeff Blackwell, technical director of the CU and commandant yes. of the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit satellite that is a mouthful. Out of this world, that's right. (laughs) Look at you, you're so cute up there. And in the ball pit, yes, we have our video director, Ed Ball. He's killing it. He's still in there too. Yeah, we keep him down in the pit. I like with Kathleen, everyone is cute. I know. Y'all are just, well, there they are. Glad Mm -hmm. I combed my hair. I well, I didn't call you. Cute, it's an existential cuteness. No, but cuteness. I still combed my hair. Yeah, that's it is very nice. Good. I have an well, intrinsic mm. cuteness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Take that, Josh Hartnett, or whatever. <laughs> Josh wow. Hartnett. Really? Uh, that's the, that that's the only throwback. one that was in. Was that like 1990s? I don't know. That's like oh, yeah. yeah, 1997 maybe was the last time he was around. Probably the last time I saw the cover of a tiger beat in a supermarket. Tiger beat. <laughs> 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 Is that magazine still even and, around? Huh? Tiger beat? I don't know. Uh, uh, I think it might have been absorbed into something else, but again, 20 years ago. Yeah. That's <laughs> now it's a. It's all like a teen conglomerate. Yeah. Yeah. One like teen the, mag. Like yeah. in Parks and Rec, the Verizon Chipotle. Yeah. Um, Energy Star, whatever mm-hmm. conglomerate that runs everything. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, this week you may be wondering um, who is that sitting in the, what do we call this? The, the captain's chair. The captain's chair, yeah. And it is quite strange, captain and ship with the captain still here. But we are trying this out because, as you know, as you may remember from last week's episode, we may have mentioned it, uh, that Father Chris will be going on a, ve- a sabbatical yep. in August. Um, and so. He's leaving the ship in my hands. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so we're trying it out uh, this week to see what it looks like. And then uh, it'll probably look completely different in August when he leaves. And it'll be fantastic. I'm so. excited to watch it as a viewer. Really? I, I oh, yeah. I'm nervous for that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do Don't be. The internet is poor in most of Europe, so oh, I'll well. just get like little. <laughs> e- <laughs> oh, good, good. Uh-huh. Then the sweet, high right. quality, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today we're talking about several different things, and one of them, uh, the first one we're going to talk about is uh, the Vatican Library. Now, you guys know better than I because, as we've mentioned several times, you all have been to Italy. Yeah. Is there an actual library? Yes. Yeah, they're not they're, like accessible to the public. No, ah, kind but, of like the Library of Congress. You can yeah. walk in the lobby, mm-hmm. but you have to know what you want, and then they'll bring yeah. it to you. Right. But you can oh. get—I mean, this is a complete side note. You can get a Library of Congress 
library card because I have get one. a Vatican mm-hmm. library card. Wow! If only that would be really. Yeah. Cool. I wonder what it would. So look many like. things in the Vatican City it would be in Latin. are. I mean, you to get into Vatican City with any facility, you actually have to have a Vatican City. It's not really a passport; it's an identification card. Yeah. And uh, and and then you you kind of can walk around wherever you want, but even still, you have to have business. Yeah. You have to have official business. Mm-hmm. And so, um, as as the story will will unfold, right? It, mm-hmm. the, the notion of uh, of being able to to go to the Vatican Library would be cool because the inside of it, I can only imagine, is neat. The pictures I've seen. Yeah. You know. Well, I've well, seen exhibits from uh, like when they pull things from the Vatican Library yeah. and the archives, mm-hmm. and they'll put them on display. Um, you know, for whatever theme is going on in this exhibit, and I mean, even that stuff. Yeah. Will just blow you. Because a lot of these things aren't books. Yeah. Right. right? We, as we kind of think of the Library of Congress, you think of a lot of books, mm-hmm. but a lot of these are manuscripts, right? right. So, um, so like if you just think about perhaps the, one of the most famous things in the Vatican Library is is the, uh, the the document to and from um, King Henry VIII, mm-hmm. right? It's one of the more yeah. famous ones. Uh, it's not a book. It's a scroll, yeah. right? It's a manuscript with the, with the seal on it, and then all of that correspondence is then correspondently sealed and everything with the wax seal. And so all those things uh, consist of what is the Vatican Library. Yeah. Well, they're catching up, huh? They're going, they're yep. going online. They yes. are. Yeah. And, and, of course, this is one of those things that's uh, it's not particularly new because they started doing this in 2012. Yeah, I imagine it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, well, especially <laughs> if you're I, – I, one of the things I don't know because I haven't uh, looked at all the manuscripts is if, how much of it is scanning, you know, like uh-huh. putting on a flatbed. Yeah. I would imagine with a lot of this, just because of the nature of the documents, they would have to, to use a, a photo scanner. Yeah. You know, like uh, like some of your cooler teachers had in high yeah. school, right? The little camera that aims at... Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, so they wouldn't have to, to, you know, manipulate the text as much. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah kind of like so we can do with our iPhone now. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that really kind of gets yeah. me is, is I mean, how many, how many things do you take a picture of over the course of a week so that you remember it? Maybe... Mm. Oh, yeah, many. a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, hand- I mean, I have to write things down, but I, yeah. the point's valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so th- that's essentially what they're doing. And so, the first fifteen thousand of those eighty thousand manuscripts wow. that it that it purportedly has mm-hmm. um, are are going to be available online to anyone for free. And what's really interesting is is this also raises the question about you know the secret archives of the mm-hmm. Vatican. Well, they're not secret in that mm-hmm. you can't access them. They're secret and they're just not public. Yeah. And so this begins to open up a lot of things. And so there there are photographs. There are different artifacts that cover science and mathematics and astronomy, mm-hmm. um, and, and not just religious things. It's not just religious correspondence, but if you if you remember that the church is essentially uh, the great a great guardian of of culture, even still today. Yeah. And so she's still collecting things, right? Mm-hmm. The Vatican Library is still collecting things, and not just religious texts, but so like there are coins and medals, you know, things that. Uh, they probably have medals from uh, from the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have uh, somebody, a centurion who is getting a decoration, they probably have some of that stuff. Yeah. And so they're taking pictures of all this stuff. Um, books from Napoleon's personal library, um, maps and scrolls and uh, papyri, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, papyrus mm-hmm. in plural. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, ma- other manuscripts in Latin and in Greek. And then what's really kind of cool, too, is the earliest known Slavic alphabet. So remember, it's St. Cyril and Methodius that, mm-hmm. that gave us Cyrillic. Yeah. And so some of those early alphabets, as they were being developed for liturgical use, uh, yeah. they, they've actually um, retained those, those uh, very early 
Um, cool, yeah. Kind of like we all used to do as kids, or maybe, I don't know, did y'all as kids make up, uh, you know... Make up a language? Yeah, make up a language and things I like that. I, don't think I, I never spoke that, it. Yeah. I, was, I don't think I was that complex. I... I was just a weirdo. Uh, no, okay. I definitely did that. I, yeah. I think I tried to, like, with some friends, make up an alphabet or something one time. Yeah. But it well, never you do sticks that, like, to, to no make the code, right? Yeah. 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 You have to pull out your decoder every time. <laughs> and that's, what, that's, that's one of those things like you do at summer camp is yeah. you is you, uh, you make your own language, mm -hmm. you know, and make your own alphabet. And, mm -hmm. sure. um, yeah, you cryptograph definitely. things to your friends. Definitely did that. Yeah. Side note, do you yeah. ever think Methodius got, like, jealous I don't know, retroactively, that it was called Cyrillic and not... And not Methodic? Methylic. Methylic. <laughs> hmm. He was probably grateful for the philological, uh, you know, not have to, to phonetically say Methylic. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds kind of like an antibiotic. It does. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Methylate. Oh, wait, he didn't do that. No. Yeah, we, we just did pig Latin at our, you know, yeah. my house. Taylor in the chat room says, Father Chris <laughs> probably didn't make up a language, he just spoke Klingon. Well, I mean, I that do. That is probably true. I did. I was an early adopter of the Klingon dictionary. <laughs> I must admit, uh, we almost made Olivia oh spit water. Oh my gosh! I mean, you have some kind of document that attests to that. Well, I mean, I have the book. Yeah, but do you uh, have like a little oh, card oh, like, that you keep in your wallet? A, a certificate of authenticity. <laughs> like something laminated that goes in your wallet. I'm no, sure I there's an app that. for that too. Oh. There probably there is an app. Actually, Duolingo. Do you know about Duolingo? No. Uh -uh. I should make that my no. pick of the week one of these days. Duolingo is a a free online learning uh, language learning app, mm -hmm. and uh, they've they've added quite a few languages and one of the ones that they've added is Klingon. Come no, on. They See, have yes, not. they ha have. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Actually, cuz it is a speakable language. I'm going to write that down. Uh-huh. You know who started uh, we're kind of getting far. <laughs> yes, you got to drive this Brandon. ship. There. No. Uh, yeah. It was James Dewan. it was the guy who played Scotty who started Klingon language. Really? And then Mike Okuda, who was one of the uh, the the line producers and artists mm -hmm. on Star Trek, actually spun it out into a speakable, writable language. Isn't that I, weird? That Not in the weird. Vatican Library. I was about to say, holiday. I wonder if the Vatican, you know, documents will ever be translated into. I don't know, but uh, you know, there are there are websites or? that can translate things into Klingon for you. But why? Why? <laughs> no, I did not know that. You want to know why? Because I'm normal. Yeah. <laughs> James right. wants to know if we can issue blessings in Klingon. I guess I could, but mm. I don't think I would. No. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Put the phasers away. Let's get. That's back right. To exactly. <laughs> back to the yeah. library. So, like their 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 largest scan thus far is uh, they they produce a 1.7 gigabyte image for each page. So, I mean, that's a, that's an insanely wow. huge file. Yes. But that means you can get down to like the 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 minutia of the pen stroke on mm -hmm. some of this ink wow. work, which I I love doing. I don't know if y'all do, mm -hmm. but whenever whenever you have a high resolution scan to be able to go in, yeah, to yeah. to to kind of like uh, you know amoeba level to mm -hmm. see exactly mm -hmm. how some of these things mm -hmm. were put together. I always well, find yeah, to, to see people's handwriting. You know, I think is really cool to see. Yeah, you know the stroke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and how sometimes you know it looks so beautiful, and it is mm -hmm. that these people spent you know years just mm -hmm. writing you know writing things up so there was no there was no computer there was no copier mm -hmm. there was no you yeah. know printer so you know it is somebody's you know it, something handwritten is so much more meaningful than something sure. that's mm -hmm. printed yeah um yeah. so to see that i think is really cool mm -hmm. and in the case of uh, archbishop cesare passini who's the prefect of the vatican library um, he says that that some of these documents that are here are examples of the oldest and most important in their collection he says, while they are some of the most consulted because of their age and conditions, non-experts would rarely have an opportunity to examine them. And so mm -hmm. this is part of it. So not only do they get to examine the document for the information they need, yeah. but they're able to see kind of a, 
the how the document was made, which is right. fascinating. It, it's almost mm-hmm. like um, the historical critical method of interpretation of scripture, where you you don't just look at the document on its face mm-hmm. value, but you begin to do a little archaeology, mm-hmm. and that's really kind of helpful, especially for some of the texts. I mean, if you think about it, like. Um, uh, even even Galileo's proceedings yeah. with uh, with the Vatican courts and things mm-hmm. like that to be able to to look at uh, how things were written were things scratched out was mm-hmm. that you know that's always really that kind of forensic yeah, because, examination is is neat yeah I mean you're right because back in those days they wouldn't have necessarily rewritten an entire document just no. because of one mistake they yeah. might have left something in and that could be something really interesting or maybe even just telling as to the thought process behind the document mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I you know, I, I'm always interested in like what did they use? Like what did they you know? We were talking about the papyrus and mm-hmm. like what what did they use to write with? The, what did the they media. use their ink? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that's always interesting to me is to see, you know, I, I'm not a big art mm-hmm. fan, so like you mm-hmm. know, I, sometimes when it comes to art, I don't care what medium they used, uh, but like people's everyday, yeah. you know, just yeah. writing and and, um, and and you know, I don't even think about what goes into ink now, mm-hmm. but um, you know. I think the Egyptians used um, like beetles for like makeup and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you grind, grind yeah. down. Actually, a lot of the pigments that, that yeah. were and even still are used, which is really a fascinating well, that's thing. That's true, yeah. Uh, still come from the that. same stuff. In fact, yeah. the Louisiana Arts and Science Museum mm-hmm. um, uh, in downtown Baton Rouge has a whole exhibit of this little itty bitty bug that they get the color red from. Yeah. This particular, oh. I can't remember, man, somebody in the chat room has got to know, but, uh, but it's this particular hue of red that they still can only get from this particular type of mollusk. Wow. Wow. So there's a whole, uh, yeah, that I geeked out over that for at least 28 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a very precise figure. Here you go. So the Vatican has over nine petabytes of storage available for this project. So think uh, of a terabyte. Okay. And then go, uh-oh. Somebody's gonna get mad at me because I don't remember how many hundreds more that is. Really big. Uh, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Exactly. And, and we'll Google it for you. There. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. We got people up on the Jeff Star One who, who do yes. that. Yes. Uh, let's see. One petabyte. It's a live show, folks. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Uh, one petabyte equals. We're doing great, folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Equals ten million gigabytes. Is that right? One zero 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 zero. No, just how many zeros? I always are count. There? Go one hundred thousand gigabytes. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I go I backwards. <laughs> I'm very yeah. One hundred thousand. I'm one million. Ten million gigabytes. or one. It's got six <laughs> zeros. So that's one. <laughs> oh, six no. zeros is one million. So that's right. hundred thousand. One million. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. I just it's continue to say a lot. Wow. So if one page is one gigabyte, that's a lot of documents. Oh my. Yeah. This is exciting. I'm. I am going to lose a lot of time looking through this mm-hmm. because even and you should I, I mean even when I, I saw like I the Galileo proceedings I've seen those and I remember mm. just sitting there and you know reading what I could of the actual document which is very little but then reading like the transcription that they had below it and I mean you spend I don't know an hour on one case and you have 70 rooms to go through mm-hmm. so something like this is going to I think it's going to keep scholars busy for a long time but it's also a, a good way for the, I think, the Vatican to be transparent about, like, I mean, it, transparent as she always is, but sometimes, um, especially when it comes to people talking about, like, the secret archives or whatever, sure. like, for her to say, like, no, like, you want to see what we have? Here you Here go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not yeah. only for the, sa- the sake of preservation, but for the sake of sharing information. And it's got a web address. 
you know. Yes, In fact, we, we yes, have that we web do. address, huh? Yes, we do. Uh, digi.vatlib, V-A-T-L-I-B dot I-T. Hmm. And you can begin looking that stuff up right there. Hmm. Yeah. You know, there's something that's not in the show notes, Kathleen. Yep. And that's the, the little the little punch to mm-hmm. to this. I just wanted you yes. to be aware. Okay. I know. I was looking for it. Okay. But um, you may not be able to go to the Vatican Library, but you are here. Mm-hmm. And we like to remind you that we are the Catholic Underground. <laughs> Reviews are coming in. Nicely done there. Thank you very much. I'm doing my best. (laughs) You're doing great. You are here and you are listening to the Catholic Underground. We are online at catholicunderground.tv. I am not Father Chris Decker. I am Kathleen Lee, but Father Chris Decker is here along with Olivia Galino, Jeff Blackwell. Our picks of the week are coming up. But first, Mm -hmm. you may geek geek out about Klingon. And no. Star Trekky things, uh, and yeah, my mom is in um, Hogwarts this week what? at Universal. Right, she keeps oh, sending me all these Harry I'm a little Potter jealous. references. <laughs> but I geek out a little bit about the mass. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I think I've said this before. I've shared with you guys uh, on the show before that when I went to study theology, my first class was on the liturgy, and I remember walking in. I was like 22. I said, I know the mass. I've been to mass my whole life. <laughs> Wrongo. I knew nothing. I knew nothing about the mass. You just knew that you were there. Yeah, I knew like what you do when you sit and when you stand and what are the cues and what are some good songs that we can sing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I didn't really know where it came from. Mm -hmm. And did you know that there are several, several parts of the mass that come from scripture itself? Yeah. Yes, you guys are like, I, yeah, I did, I did. in fact. <laughs> but it's never, it's inexhaustible. Having celebrated this morning, I, yeah, yes. I did recall. But no, that's the thing. Yeah, it's exactly. inexhaustible. And there's always something that I forget, mm-hmm. and then someone else will bring it up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot uh, about that. So then it's something for me to chew on for yeah. the next few Masses that mm. I go to. That's what yeah. I love about yeah. the Mass is mm-hmm. not only is it biblical, but there are many layers yeah. to to the thing. Like If you just look at, at something simple like the penitential rite, yeah, there are elements of it that are in Scripture, but right. then there are different layers within mm-hmm. different books in Scripture. Yeah. I always tell, like, I, you know, when I was teaching, I, I always tell my students, like, if we knew what was going on and where these things came from, yeah. you know, if we, you know, when we read Scripture and I say, does that sound familiar? And they're like, wait, yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. I know. It's not like we just threw some words together and said, let's make this about an hour and then we'll be <laughs> on the road, right? Um, that the Mass is profoundly biblical. And there are some things that you may already know um, that you already know from Scripture, um, but there are some things that you may not. So we'll go through a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a, an, a you know a complete list. Yeah, yeah, this is not a complete list, um, and you could probably come up with several. You can back chat us at Catholic Underground, um, or back chat at you can back chat us mm-hmm. at back chat mm-hmm. at Catholic Underground. You have done compl- all things well. That was complicated. Yeah, but the done. first one is the Confidior, right? Mm-hmm. When we yes. say, "I confess to Almighty God." What a beautiful thing that we say at the beginning of Mass. And this comes um, from Leviticus 5, 5. Hmm. It says, when someone is guilty in regards to any of these matters, that person shall confess the wrong committed. Right? And what a beautiful way to start Mass, by yeah. coming before the Lord, laying down our sins, right? Um, you know, a little bit of guilt, and then get that out the way, mm-hmm. and then we can enter fully into the beautiful sacrifice of Mass. That's one of the things that always gets me is, uh, is, is that that's the first thing that we do mm-hmm. after we make the sign of the cross. And, and, and the, um, in the, the, the old Mass, in the extraordinary form, 
the prayers at the foot of the altar mm-hmm. included a very extensive confidior type of a situation yeah. mm-hmm. where you're actually praying the Psalms, uh, begging God for permission Right. to go into the sanctuary. And that's wow. essentially what we're doing in, in the Novus Ordo, in the, in the New Mass, is we're, we're begging God for, for mercy for our, for our sins, mm-hmm. but we're also kind of begging permission to be able to continue right. with, with solemn worship, which is really cool. Yeah. And important. Love it. Mm-hmm. So we don't go- just presume that we deserve the right. Mass, yeah. but rather we're asking the Lord, in a sense, for permission. C- can we please enter into your house? Yeah. Um, that. Beautiful. that that words from the centurion that we'll probably get to. You know, yeah, elsewhere. it's actually not on this list, but we will. I'm, yeah. I, I didn't I'm see not it on worthy here, that you should enter under yeah. my roof. We basically we're we're begging the Lord in the same way. I'm not yeah. worthy to come under your roof, O Lord. Um, and so please accept my my sorrow, my apology. That was one of the cool things when teaching about the um, the. How, they say the new translation of the mass, but the be- the better translation of the mass, mm-hmm. the most recent, uh, yeah, yeah, the most recent one. You know, and and all my students were like, "Why do we have to?" I said, "Because like this is coming from." From words that are, have already been said, you know? right. and can we say it better? Well, yeah. yeah right. we As my scripture professor, Father Montalbano, uh, who of course is uh, is the one for whom we invented uh, Montalbanano, which is our you know uh, <laughs> annual Catholic underground celebration yes, of of the Bible, he would go, "It's in the." Bible. That's why you point feverishly. We need to get a, a, a soundbite of that. The Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Secondly, as we know from our Christmas time, uh, you know, scripture, the Gloria, right? Mm-hmm. Glory to God in the highest, and on peace to people, and peace to people of goodwill, right? A quote of the words of the angels used to address the shepherds at the birth of Jesus, right? What an awesome thing! And I, I don't always remember that. Um, you know, Luke two fourteen says, "Glory to God in the highest on our earth, peace to those of whom His favor rests." Mm. Right? I don't always think about that when we say that on mm. on Sunday. And uh, you know, glory to God in the highest. These are the words of the angels that, that you know. Do we? I, I, you know, when I when I do think about it, I think, do I say this in my own heart when I when mm-hmm. I see, um, you know, Jesus in the Eucharist, or when I approach God? You know, is my first uh, inclination uh, praise? Right. Yeah. And and really, whenever we go to mass, we aren't just uh, we aren't just saying these words, but we are worshiping with the angels who are right. worshiping, mm-hmm. and and we even take we take their words upon our lips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so so there are several titles uh, for God in the Gloria that are also taken from Scripture. From Psalms, we have Almighty and Heavenly King, mm-hmm. and then from John, we have Only Begotten Son and Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Thirdly is the Alleluia, right? A Hebrew yeah. word meaning God be praised. That's right. We 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 just take it right mm-hmm. on over in its Hebrew form. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Which Olivia likes yeah. quite a bit. I do yeah. appreciate the little bits of Hebrew that are in the Mass. So think about yeah. it. So, so even in the in the Novus Ordo Mass, which is primarily in, in vernacular, mm-hmm. so it's for us it's in English, right. we, we have Greek, yep. we have Hebrew, there are bits of Latin, mm-hmm. all all kind of muxed into that. And that's what I love because growing up, I thought it was all English. Because mm-hmm. I had no idea. You know, you're a little kid. And yeah. yeah. These I don't use Kyrie just, often. Yeah. But I know it's not English. And, you know, and as, as much, and this is this is not a detriment to anybody who taught me religion, mm-hmm. uh, but as much as, you know, growing up Catholic, these words just kind of become normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you forget to, like, where does this come yeah, from? Yeah, they have an yeah. etymology. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Ali is actually used at Passover to give praise for God delivering the Jews from, from Egypt. And that was the hymn they Beautiful. sang at the end, right? Mm-hmm. The Hallel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That makes me so Lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing is standing for the gospel. This isn't, you know, words oh, that yeah. we say, but why, you know, oh, we, I'm sure you get this question all the time. Why do we stand and sit and stand and sit? 
because it's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Not yeah. because somebody just said, let's just do some exercises, right? but because this is important. It calls to mind Nehemiah 8.5. When Ezra opened the scroll so that all the people might see, for he was standing higher than any of the people. When he opened it, all the people stood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because these are the words of the Lord, and so when we stand, we are basically standing at attention. Right. Mm-hmm. And it throws back to the Old Testament, right, that we, as people stood for the reading of the old law of Moses because it was important, right, um, we stand for the reading of the new law right, of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. The next one is a washing of the hands, right? As you may have noticed, um, Father washes his hands before the consecration. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, what does he say, Father? Lord, wash away my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. Beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A sign of spiritual cleansing before handling the sacred Eucharist. Right? And you see this throughout, um, throughout our liturgies, throughout our adoration, um, you know, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah. Um, there, there is a way that we handle the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been mm-hmm. um, an extraordinary minister, um, there are ways that, you know, it's not because it's not just bread, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not just the, you know, a representation, but it is what we be- what we believe to be Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. So there is a way to handle, you know, these and things. And furthermore, that washing of the, the hands is is a very real connection with, with Exodus. And before a priest would offer sacrifice, mm-hmm. he himself would be cleansed so that he could offer a, a sacrifice to God. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's a complete, just a kind of a yank from the liturgy of the temple mm-hmm. there. Right. And then we have, of course, the institution of the Eucharist. Right? The priest speaks in persona Christi, in the person of Christ, at the Last Supper. Right? Um, from Matthew 26, it says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and giving it to his disciples, said, Take and eat. This is my body. Right? And then he did the same with, with the precious blood. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is what we believe. Not, not, you know, take and eat. This is a representation. Right? Take and eat for fun. Right? That <laughs> yeah. this is... This is my body. This is my blood. That's right. No, right. no mere meal. Mm-hmm. It is sacrifice and meal. Right. And that's why the priest washes his hands. Right. Uh, and that's why those those temple uh, connections are made is because this is a sin offering, mm-hmm. and it's not just some sin offering that can cover sin, but rather it takes away sin because it is Jesus. Right. Beautiful. And so these things come from Scripture stuff. Now these are just a few. I know you know we talked about. Um, about the centurion, what are some other mm-hmm. things that that you can think of that may we may want to add to this? Uh, list? Just just kneeling, you know. It's interesting mm-hmm. in in Europe, um, uh, pews are not really normal, <laughs> right? The, yeah. uh, because because many times they would stand throughout the entire liturgy and and then have times where they would kneel to kind of mimic the the action of the priest of what the priest right. was doing. But just the notion of kneeling um, is something that's that's uh, that's also very much uh, connected with scripture. Um, even though, uh, because whenever somebody would come into contact with the Lord, they would fall prostrate, mm-hmm. you know? And so we do that as well. That's one of the things, one of the postures that yeah. I recall. Yeah. yeah. I think about during the Sanctus too, um, like again, like there's little bits of Hebrew that are preserved here and there. So during the Sanctus, we say Sabaot, but that's a oh, yeah. Hebrew word and it just means, um, like hosts of heaven. Yeah, multitude of hosts. Yeah. yeah. Mass is a beautiful thing. If there's something you don't understand, ask. Yeah. But not right now, because right now we're going to take a little break. You're listening to the and probably watching the Catholic Underground. And we'll be right back. A prayer for vocations. Oh, God, who wills not the death of a sinner 
but rather that he be converted and live. Grant, we beseech you, through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. I always feel like we're in Hawaii. I wish we were in Hawaii. But we're not. We're no. here. Welcome back. You found the Catholic Underground with me, your temporary host, <laughs> Kathleen Lee, joined by Father Chris Decker. That's weird to say. Olivia Galino, Jeff Blackwell. Our picks of the week are coming up. But first, yes. have you ever been in like any kind of relationship? Yes. <laughs> I mean, friendship, yes. like, you know, yes, you all mm-hmm. have, yes. hopefully, unless you're living in a cave somewhere. And so even you, still, I'm sure there's a rock that you've come to yes, enjoy. Some, one that you've painted and added, like, <laughs> That's like, gra- well, I mean, are we not, what's that movie with the, with the Wilson? You made Cast your own away? Wilson? Castaway? Yeah. yeah, Castaway, yeah. You painted it and I've never been that desperate grass. for a relationship. <laughs> I'm sure there's a rock. I mean, well, hey. who knows? But we all know, Olivia, that forgiveness is a condition for all relationships. Yeah, that's true. And that's like a weird thing to say, like forgiveness is the is the foundation of all relationship because you, you kind of want it to be like, shouldn't it be something positive? Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't it be something happy? Like, yeah, like in Louisiana, sunshine. food <laughs> is kind of contingent on a relationship, right? You have to yeah. be able to enjoy food together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, food is, is not true. only just the foundation of relationship, it's the... The currency of relationship. It is. It's, it's the true. context of relationship. For example, uh, uh, Olivia brought us brioche bread pudding with oh, a rum so sauce good. before mm-hmm. the show she to did. make sure that we had enough calories to get through it. And to celebrate a special occasion that's coming up mm. that's in true. Kathleen's mm-hmm. life. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nativity of Kathleen. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, but yeah, so when we're thinking about relationship, the the way that forgiveness enters in is something that's really um, essential. It's because you can't relate to anyone without having to forgive them to one degree or another because no one is perfect. And even if there is a perfect person, you aren't. Um, and so any, any relationship with that person is going to involve some friction, which is inevitably going to necessitate forgiveness. Father Ryan and I were talking about that just the other day. You know, we're going to be in each other's presence daily for almost three months. And one month of that is going to be, you know, a little bit less proximate because we're going to be walking perhaps at different speeds, Mm -hmm. but we're going to be traveling Europe together. And we were talking about, you know, uh, at the end of three months together, um, he's probably going to be ready to fly back to Houston (laughs) and I'll be, you know, by myself for, for, uh, another month, uh, Mm -hmm. still visiting friends. But, um, but yeah, that, that part of relationships we don't often think about Mm -hmm. because it necessitates a little bit of introspection on my part that I'm going to be the bigger banana head sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You do have to be really honest with yourself and the fact that you're not perfect. Like it's not, it's just, that is what it is. I have the capacity to be a banana head. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's, Okay, All right. twice in, twice in one day. A rotten banana head. <laughs> All right. Welcome to 1952. Um, it's groovy. People can be real banana heads. That's so right. forgiveness Karn is Sarnet. important. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, there is that, that reality that we are fallen, so we are imperfect, and we're going to make each other angry. We're going to do things that upset one another or disappoint one another. And so forgiveness is just built in as the way of restoring those relationships, um, and not just restoring them to what they were before the hurt happened, mm-hmm. um, but restoring them to to restoring the community, the communion that exists there, but then advancing the relationship onward because you've, you've overcome a hurdle together. Um, you've be, become even more bonded because of the fact that there was some friction, there was something that happened, but you both agreed that the relationship, um, you know, again, whether it's friendship, whether it's familial, whether it's romantic, whatever, is is above that, mm-hmm. um, is more important yeah. than that. And so you, you have to sacrifice things like our pride and our hurt and whatever to that higher good. And honestly, if you think about it, that's really what makes a relationship grow. Yeah. Is is being willing to, to step back from all of these things, to, to try and put myself at the front of the relationship, mm-hmm. but rather to be at the service of the relationship. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, if we often think about that. I know I just off the top of my head, I don't think about the... Not, I, I, do you call it like the passive role of a relationship on huh? the, the, um, the, the servant role of, of being in relationship mm, with right. another? I mean, if, 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 I, if I'm honest about, you know, some of the friendships that I have, as well as some of the people that I, I'm with all the time that, you know, are having issues with marriages, mm-hmm. that servant role, mm-hmm. being willing to, to admit uh, that, that there are areas that I need to forgive and seek forgiveness. Right. That's usually, that's not like at the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely something that's learned. You learn as you go through a relationship, the necessity of service. Mm -hmm. Um, and you also learn when you kind of fail to meet that. Right. Um, just like you learn when you have succeeded in meeting that based on the person that's in the relationship with you. Um, so yes, when we're talking about the necessity of forgiveness, this is something that the Lord himself was not a, a stranger to. He talked about this a lot. Um, and even himself, he endured the he necessity had, of forgiveness. He had trouble with relationships. It's hard <laughs> for us to think about Jesus having trouble being in relationships with people, but he did. Yeah. I mean, constantly. Yeah. Absolutely constantly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, th- look at the guys that were following him around, you know, that he was, you know, constantly have, you know, like you yeah. said, constantly having to be like, can I sit at your right side, Lord? Can I sit at your left? Can, <laughs> yeah. can you, can you make a little allowance for us? Uh, pl- please mm-hmm. just show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Oh, Philip! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you been with me this long? Yeah. This is why they will make memes about this in two thousand yeah. years. <laughs> and they have. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Christ Himself, He endured the the difficulties in relationships with other people, but He also Himself was hunted. He was persecuted mm-hmm. by religious authorities, um, and it culminated in this most cruel rejection of the cross. That's what the cross is. It's betrayal and it's rejection, but you have some kind of tangible reality to it. Um, and he was mocked by basically everyone. Um, Mm. and people even who should have been his most devoted followers, you know, who was at the foot of the cross, Mary and John and Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. That's That's a very small subset of people considering the people who were following him up to that point. Three disciples out of, we go back to the feeding of the 5,000. I mean, yeah, Mm-hmm. How many people at one time were listening to the words that he was saying, yeah. you know, and, and following behind him Yeah, at one point or another. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so despite that kind of constant relational turmoil, um, Christ forgives. He forgave uh, with patience and with love because he always sees the person. He always sees the person in front of them, in front of him. And or the, never mind. Um, mm-hmm. He always sees the person in front of him. Um, and that's what that's his motivation to forgive. And that should be ours as well. 
Um, so even as he was being hoisted on the cross, what does he do? He cries out to the Father. He begs him to forgive his executioners. Um, and, and his forgiveness, because it's, it's nailed to the cross, is just as present now as it was then. Mm-hmm. It's something that's infinite. It's been transported into eternity because that's what he chose to do. That was the act of self-sacrifice on the cross, but that's also that, that fundamental essence of, of what was really going on in that moment was forgiveness. Yeah. Um, as it was happening, he was actively forgiving. Um, and so it makes it omnipresent in a way. One of my favorite parts in the scripture is whenever uh, the rich young man comes to Jesus and the rich young man is, is on target with every textbook answer of what it is to, to live the law and the prophets, but he's not living it internally, right? Right. And Jesus looks at him and loves him. Yeah. So like even in that moment, uh, you get the sense that Jesus is trying to see, not trying, he is seeing into the person and what the actual turmoil is. Mm-hmm. And there's even a sense of mercy and perhaps even a forgiveness of, of his kind of unwillingness to look inside himself. Yeah. And, and so in looking at him and loving him, he's able to speak the truth to him that is difficult for the rich young man to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he has to go off and be with himself for right. a little while. Yeah. But but our Lord doesn't say it out of out of spite or out of um, uh, kind of uh, being frustrated. Mm-hmm. But he looks at him and he loves him yeah. and tells him. Right. right, right, yeah. Because everything that Christ does is motivated by love. Um, and so that was part of his instruction to his disciples too was to teach them how to imitate him in forgiveness Mm -hmm. because that's an extension of your love for someone else is to be able to forgive them. Um, And one of his hardest sayings was this commandment to forgive. You know, Peter comes to him and he asks about the limit of forgiveness. You know, like what's the, what's the maximum I got to do? Also like, what's the minimum I got to do? And he says, Lord, should I forgive seven times? And that, you know, in his mind, he's thinking like, that's a lot of times. So, cause that was the law, right? Yeah. Forgive somebody seven times Mm -hmm. and then you could just, you can shun them basically. Right. right. Yeah. So he's like, okay, are we still working on that, that paradigm? Is that, is that still what we're, what we're working with that metric? Um, and that seems extreme in his mind, but there's a, I, I know what I'm dealing with. And Jesus's answer is even more extreme because he says, no, you must forgive until 70 times seven. And, you know, we read that and we instantly, our minds want to, um, jump Start to counting. metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do the math. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, you do the math. Okay. Maybe I don't, I don't do the math, but like my mind instantly starts trying to like rationalize like, okay, well he's not serious because that's a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but the effect of the, of the statement, yeah, it's a lot of times to be, to be able to forgive someone, just one person for one instance. Um, but it's also significant because of that number seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's talked about a lot that number seven is like the number of completion that's not really um what it means in in the hebrew scriptures it's more like the number of the covenant yeah um and so when christ is saying no you should forgive 70 times seven times he's saying that you should forgive um because of the covenant that you have with the other person because of the covenant that god has with you and what is that covenant it's love Mm -hmm. that's that's first and foremost what that covenant is Mm -hmm. so when you're forgiving someone it should never be because um well maybe in the future they'll do something good for me or because I just want to have this checked off my list. Like I don't want someone out there who doesn't like me. Like, no, it should always be motivated by love and love is willing the good of the other. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And being uh, essentially willing to lay down your life for the other. Right. Mm -hmm. So where agape, the mutual desire for the mutual good of the other Mm -hmm. person then transforms itself into the desire for sacrificial love. That's kind of the depth 
the right. that if if uh, seventy times seven is the is the limit, quote unquote, which is kind of an infinite number, mm-hmm. that's what he's saying is is that you've got to be willing to lay down your life for another, right? And that's the ultimate act of humility, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think he punctuates that because right after um, saying that to Peter, he goes into this parable of the unmerciful servant. Um, and remember, you know, from your reading that he was forgiven an enormous debt, um, but then he turned around and wouldn't forgive someone else who owed him a much smaller amount. Mm-hmm. And he treated him really cruelly. The, the scriptures say that. Um, and what happens to him? He gets thrown into jail, not because he didn't pay his own debt, but because he treated someone else cruelly um, and didn't forgive them that debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, you know, that theme of love comes through pretty clear in that, uh, that parable as well, that. Uh, it wasn't the fact, it, it's not, it's not monetary. It's not, you know, tit for tat. It's, that's not what Christ cares about. He cares about the love with which you do something. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if someone owes you, you know, a bunch of money. It doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't matter like the, the crux of the wrong that's done, but it's how you go about dealing with it, how you go about, um, responding to it. Mm. Um, and really the idea being that we have to give mercy if we want yeah. to get it. Um, and we also have to forgive without condition and without end, realizing that the person, that maybe the person that we're asking forgiveness from, um, maybe they won't give it to us right. immediately, or maybe it'll take a long time. Um, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't show mercy. Um, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be able to receive mercy too. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was the prodigal son, right? He, right. He, it took him quite a while and he had to hit more than rock bottom right. to realize I, my father has, has no real there's nothing in him that he would have to forgive me, right? Right. but I'm still going to go and beg him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what mercy is, is reaching out to somebody, even though you can't repay him. I mean, he's already, yeah. he's already squandered all his property, right? Yeah. He, the, his, his entire inheritance, his father can't get that back, yeah. but his father wants him. Yeah. <laughs> and so he is yeah. willing to be merciful because he wants the relationship with his right. son. He wants that to be restored. Right. That's one of my favorite images, you know, and I use that all the time. And the, the idea that, you know, I can imagine the the difficulty that the son had, you know, and having to go back. And I just imagine me as him a lot of the time standing on like the property line, mm-hmm. you know, going, ah, you know, I don't have anything to give. And and he's probably not going to give me, you know, like fearing the father's rejection. Yeah. You know, but the whole time I imagine the father, our father scanning the property line every day, right. every day, every yeah. day. And that one minute, that this old man, that one day that he sees his son and goes, Wait, you know, what? Yeah. and he like kind of, you know, wipes his eyes and goes, oh, and you know, and it says, mm-hmm. says the, the father ran to him. Yeah. Mm. You know, and what, a, what a, you know, this exhausted spiritually and physically. And sometimes, you know, we, in relationships, we come to that property line that way, mm-hmm. you know, with God, certainly, mm-hmm. you know, we come to that property line and then just to see him, yeah. You know, or yeah. the person that you're asking forgiveness for, just opening their arms wide. Yeah. You know, just to being able to go, oh, okay. You know, yeah. like, yeah. No, that's yeah. beautiful. And, yeah. and that mercy by its very nature is uneven. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's I think never going to be. We want, so many times we want vengeance yeah. and we don't want mercy because mercy is not an equal share. It's not, yeah. it's not this for that. Right. And that's what Jesus keeps saying is that, no, no, uh, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and two for a tooth. Uh, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to be willing to, to go that extra bit and let go of your teeth mm-hmm. that, yeah. that, you, that you think are yours, huh? yeah. but, but, to, but to be able to, to seek mercy. Mm-hmm. And that's what mercy is. The person can't repay us, but we still are willing to take them back. 
Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point, too. It's never going to be commensurate. I'm never going to be able to fully repay the mercy of God or really the the mercy of another person because you don't know what it's taken for them to get to the point of saying, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. Um, You you really don't. Um, Even if you know the person super well or maybe you've known them your whole life, like you don't really know what that that spiritual journey is to forgiveness for them. Um, and I think Kathleen, one of the interesting things I was thinking about while you were talking was like the father didn't wait until the son showed up to right. forgive him, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. that he was that, at the ready. Yeah. Like the ring was ready yeah. to be taken off his hand and the yeah. cloak was yeah. ready. He got, he got gussied up every yeah. day so that yeah. he could give it all away. Well, yeah. that's what, you know, yeah. I think a lot of times, even for me, I struggle with giving, with giving forgiveness, you know, I, yeah. just something that I grew up with, you know, mm-hmm. Sure. Whatever. We all and, have a hangout, yeah. Kathleen. And so, you know, so a lot of times I imagine the the father in the story, like standing on his porch with his arms crossed going, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. look who showed up, you uh-huh. know, because uh, that would be me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been me, you know, but, uh, but he wasn't, he didn't lock the door and tell everybody, Shh, I'll be real quiet. Maybe he'll go away, <laughs> you know, and he, he didn't f- told you so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just flung open the door and I imagine this old man. You can't really see very well. He probably has you using a cane, you yeah. know, drops everything and just takes off running. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, so me in my own forgiveness of other people, you know, I, I reflect on that image of, of the father in the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's a, it's fundamentally a choice that we have to make. Like, right. Forgiveness is not just something that, that wells up in us where, especially if we're, if we're granting it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but rather it is something that, that we ourselves have to, say like Mary yes yeah well I think because if uh you know if we're thinking of forgiveness as an extension of love or as a manifestation of love love itself is an act of the will it's something that we choose to do so forgiveness is no less a choice Mm -hmm. it's something I have to choose to do and I have to do it with everything that I am everything that I have especially my past I have to forgive with like the entire force and thrust of my past, which may be screaming at me, nope, don't do it, don't do it, that ain't good. Right. But I, I choose to do it anyway because I, I will the good of the other person and I will the good of our relationship together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there's always that brokenness that right. like we just, we deal with relational brokenness as part of our existence. Yeah. Um, but we have to, that's not something that we should be scared of. It's not something we should approach with fear. It's always something we should approach with love. Right. Um, so when we come to forgive, um, we realize that, yeah, it's something that's painful, but it's something that's necessary. And, and Christ himself, he says this in the scriptures, that, that forgiveness is so essential um, that we will not be forgiven by God if we do not forgive ourselves, right? And that's that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's really hard to to conceptualize and to even just take in. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how essential it is. And I think that that's the thrust of that statement. I mean, it's true, obviously, yeah. but it's also like, it really hammers it home. Like if I don't forgive others, yeah, God's not going to forgive me because I haven't, I haven't participated in that, sure. that covenant, But also because I'm not going to seek it. See, that's, yeah. that's the thing too. Yeah. Like God, there's never a time in which God won't forgive right. and God won't extend his right. hand in mercy to us. But the more we become crusty and hardened by withholding forgiveness and withholding mm-hmm. mercy, right. there comes a point in our lives where we won't even want it from God. Right. Because and we that, don't see the value in it. Because we, we see no value in it mm-hmm. because we've chosen to, to worship uh, our own funk, <laughs> you oh. know, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, and, yeah. and and that's the real sadness of it. That's where Jesus doesn't want us to be, is he wants us to be in a place where we can actually make the choice to embrace the Father yeah. who's saying, I'm, here I am, I'm here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Um, and and that's that's why he makes it. That's why he uses that language. Is mm-hmm. that neither will your heavenly Father forgive you, not because he doesn't want to, mm-hmm. but because you won't want it. Right. right. And yeah. I think it's another you know point as to forgiveness is essentiality is the fact that when Christ rises from the dead, rises from the dead, mm-hmm. he appears to his disciples in the upper room. He breathes the Holy Spirit on them, tells them to be at peace. And what's the first thing that he does? Yeah. He says. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. He, he establishes a sacrament. He immediately establishes the sacrament of reconciliation. And I kind of imagine him like spitting out the, re- like not in a, like trying to be flippant kind of way, but like, he's just really trying to like, like, I want to give them the Holy Spirit. I want to give them my peace. And then yeah. I want to tell them, go and forgive sins because yeah. it's that important yeah. to me. Yeah. It's that important that people are able to be drawn to me. And the cool thing is that Jesus could only welcome so many people in his geographical circle right. of concern. Yeah. And now he is sending the 12 out right. or the 11 yeah. plus one, right? He's sending them out and he goes, okay, now go out to the entire world, the entire known world, and you now have the power to do what only God can do. Yeah. I'm extending this into the church. Yeah. yeah. Well, the gates are open now. So and the gates that, are open yeah. now. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 And I think that you're right about, um, you know, the reason for the sacrament being that he wants to draw the world to himself. And the, the fundamental reason for that is communion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yep. kind of something we've been flirting around this whole conversation. But if communion is participating in the life of another person, sharing in that life so intimately that your happiness is bound up in theirs, that you become a part of each other's existence. That's what Christ wants for you. He wants that so desperately for you that it's the first thing he did when he rose from the dead. Y'all, he rose from the dead. (laughs) And and that's what he wants. So we're we're called to that communion, but it's not just a vertical thing. It's not just me and Mm -hmm. Jesus. Um, I mean, it is, but it's not just that. It's also a a horizontal reality, something that I have to explore with the people that I'm in relationship around me. And that could be a really, you know, almost inconsequential relationship, like the ones that we just have by happenstance with the people we see every day or the ones that are very deep and, and or the ones we um, sit next to in mass every, every week, you know? Yeah. And talk about communion. (laughs) And that's why we call it communion. Mm -hmm. And that's why to connect to the earlier segment, we beg forgiveness for the venial sins that we commit. We, we go to confession before we go to mass. Mm -hmm. If there are mortal sins to be confessed and only then can we truly be in communion because only then when we have received God's mercy, can we realize the depth of what that means that God is bringing us not only into his presence, but into himself. Yeah. Right. And he wants to bring us all horizontally into himself as well. Yeah. yeah. We could just keep on forever. Oh, could I we? Know. <laughs> we could. What a beautiful, beautiful thing to talk about and to, mm-hmm. to ponder and to, you know, if you're out there and you struggle with forgiveness yourself, uh, either giving or receiving, um, you know, I've, I suggest a great thing to do is to, is to meditate on that story of the prodigal son and put yourself in that yeah. in that story. Mm-hmm. You know, are you waiting at the at the property line? Are you, you know, the the old the son mm-hmm. um who who stayed behind who Or are you the older son? Yeah, you're the older grumbly. son. Yeah. yeah. Um beautiful. And we could like you said we could spend forever on this topic and maybe we'll revisit it. But mm. for right now, Jeff, it's time for that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. That's magic how that happened. <laughs> do you like that? I do. I love it. Now, we usually go to me first. Yes, we do. <laughs> but today, 
I'm throwing it over to you, Olivia. What's up? <laughs> this never happened. I feel like a you mutiny is taking place. First. That's right. Skip on over the father. Let's come down to this end of the table. Um, well, as always, I don't have the most chipper of, of picks of the week, but it's something that's super useful. All right. Um, especially because it's summer vacation season, it and is. you might be traveling, going to hotels and whatnot. With any hope. With any hope, you'll be traveling and taking a, a vacation from, from ordinary daily stress. But um, take with you this app called Traffic Cam. And traffic Ooh. is spelled T-R-A-F-F-I-C-K because this is an anti-human trafficking uh, tool. Wow. Uh, I recently, uh, Danielle, who's our associate director of Respect Life for the Diocese, did a presentation on human trafficking. That was, mm. that's right. Um, it was illuminating. And this is one of the things that she talked about that's a, a real help in the fight against human trafficking because all you do is you go into your, your hotel room before you, you know, set your stuff down and really settle in. Um, and this is what it looks like. But you just take some pictures. The Facebook. Yeah, right. it's very simple when it comes to an app. Um, and all it asks you for is the name of your hotel, your yeah. room number, and then you just take some pictures um, of what the room looks like, the bathroom, the closets, yeah. whatever. Because a lot of times human trafficking victims will be um, photographed or filmed in hotel rooms yes. um, as oh, yeah. they're being you know, trafficked to other places, other people. Wow. Um, and so this is a real fight to be able to locate them um, with you know, greater urgency. That's fantastic. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. 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 So, and it's something that doesn't take a lot of time. It takes two seconds, you know, before you, you throw your stuff down and take a nap, you just take a few pictures, upload it to the app and you've done your part for human trafficking. Wowzer. And of course Excellent. it's important to say that human trafficking is, we, fr we use the term, but it's, it's those who are lured into right. and bought and sold usually yeah. into some form of sexual slavery. Right, right. Um, but certainly a slavery of, of any kind. Yeah. And so this is a great help for authorities uh, right. to, to try and stop that. Because yeah. there, are so many, there are so many hotels that, yeah. that un, unknown to anybody, right. that's, that's where this is taking place. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Mm -hmm. Olivia, love it. Father Chris, that was, you're that up was... to bat. Okay, yeah, mine, that. No, <laughs> my, I, can, I can never follow anyone. That's why I usually <laughs> go last is just, okay. Anyway, so, so um, one of the things that's going to happen with Father Ryan and myself when we go on mm -hmm. sabbatical is after we stay in the refugios, the, mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 um, the hostels mm -hmm. on our way for the Camino, we need some, uh, you know, kind of cheaply places to stay in Europe. Right. Because hotels, yikes. Because mm -hmm. the Euro... Double yikes. yikes. And so uh, there are, there's a, there's a hostel, S-O-H-O-S-T-E-L, mm -hmm. um, which basically is like a, a camper's hotel, if you will, right. um, for, for young people, but also people of all ages that are just traveling through. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a no frills hotel, if you will. Right. And so uh, stchristophers.co.uk, so S-T hyphen Christophers.co.uk is a network of hostels in several European countries. Um, and, and they're kind of, uh, major ones are Paris and London. Mm -hmm. And so the prices are very, very good, uh, between 49 and 60 euro a night. And uh, you get a bed. Um, in in every in, in St. Christopher's, uh, the, the, a meal is included. So Ooh. like a basic breakfast yep. is included. Mm -hmm. And uh, in some cases, if you if you book early enough, you actually get a private bathroom. You don't have to go down Heck the hall. Yeah, nice. yeah. So so that's really kind of nice. Um, and so uh, and so Father Ryan and I are looking at some of those different uh, ones. But St. Christopher's looks to be like one of the one of the nicest ones. So yeah. we might try that one out in Paris. Nice. And I guess maybe a sub pick of the week. I'll have to to figure out where it is in the show notes mm. and put it in there. Is that uh, at um, at one of the the churches in France? Mm -hmm. You can stay in a hostel that's attached to the to the church. Uh, mm -hmm. Sacré-Cœur, mm -hmm. but, um, but they kind of uh, adjust your price 
so that you can um, do an hour of adoration in the basilica overnight, which is kind of cool. So anyway, so I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. I can't wait to hear about all your your travels. Oh, yeah. Now, we send it up to space to Mr. Blackwell. What you got for us? (laughs) Oh, this is a geek out item, but uh, I'm just starting with (laughs) with this. If, if you got 350 bucks, you're a musician and you want a, a good recording tool, and I'm talking a great recording tool because this will allow you to uh, do recording either on location at church, youth group, uh, or in studio, mm-hmm. and it's the budget priced Zoom H6. It's under 350 bucks. Uh, comes with an XY stereo mic, but it's got four mic inputs for a total of six inputs, 20 plus hours of continuous recording on four fresh. AA batteries, uh, up to 38 hours of MP3 audio on a 2 gig SD card, and it'll hold up to a 128 gig card. So wow. it's 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 very very powerful, very ultra clean inputs and uh, and preamps. So uh, I, I highly recommend something like this. It's on my uh, wish list for doing location recording, and from a recording engineer standpoint. It's it's a must-have. Zoom stuff is always so good. It is, and the, the, all the details are in the show notes. Thank product. you, Kathleen. You're your very turn. welcome. Well, my uh, pick of the week is pretty simple. Uh, if you are a music fan and you love a man named Jason Mraz. Mm-hmm. Mr. A to Z. Oh, yeah. so good. I didn't get that until I saw his actual. I like that, yeah. 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 Um, it's one I just, of his songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just saw him a couple months ago in concert. It was beautiful. And he has a new did song. Did you? Yeah. It was I'm super jealous. fun. It was just him. Like, And he played for two hours straight. The wow. man didn't even, uh, one sip of tea, that was it. Brother has flow. Phenomenal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but he has a new song out, super positive, called I Want You to Have It All. It is so fun. Um, it's got super, you know, upbeat lyrics. They're not, you know, anything trashy or scandalous. Um, and it's just a good jam. One mm-hmm. of those, roll your windows down, drive yeah. on a Sunday afternoon. That's jam blowing the breeze. Mm-hmm. That's right. I like that. I notice I don't have this segue either. I. that's okay, because you I wrote it, it okay. down. All right, good. <laughs> I did my homework. Jeff! We are always thankful for those who support the Catholic Underground. Indeed, we are, Kathleen. And this week, the Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicundergroundcom donate. And portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. There's more info at catholicunderground.tv. Yes, if you would like the show notes for this episode, or if you want to subscribe to podcast audio, go to catholicunderground.com. Our panelists this week, have been one Father Christopher Decker. Look at him, people. He's I'm texting. So, sorry. So awesome. You look like you were watching a, a tennis match all, yeah. all show back and forth. But you anyway. are on all the on all the social medias at Digital Catholic. Yes. Okay, there it is. We have Olivia Galino, who is at OMG Galino on OM Galino. Oh, my yeah. initials oh, are OMG. That's it's right. OM Galino. Yeah. I am. Girl, I'm new with this, girl. What? You good? <laughs> on all of them or just a few? Uh, on the ones that matter. Okay. Yeah. Our technical director is Mr. Jeff, Black- Jeff Blackwell. JeffBlackwell.us, right? That is correct. At Jack- Jeff Blackwellis. At I'll Jeff get it Blackwellis, one day. yeah. Mm-hmm. Better hurry. Our research assistant and leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Our video director is Jeff Blackwell. Ed Ball. Ed Ball. Yeah. On the ball pit. You know me, maybe. I'm Kathleen Lee. Follow me. Uh, We hope we've helped you cut through the noise and find a still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground, and we are Faith Gun Digital, and we'll see you next time. Yay!
the Catholic Underground.